We move now to the second movement, which is the liturgy of the word. Remember, the movement is all this way. It's God coming upon us through the word. Now, uh, we are making progress in this regard, and we had a long ways to go, and I'll tell you why. I remember that I always use this analogy of the, the captain of the ship who went to the bridge, and he looked at the instruments, and looked at the sailor at the helm, and he said to him, what are you doing 30 degrees off course? The guy said, coming back from 80, sir. Uh, <laughs> so we are, we're not home yet, but we're coming back from 80 because, again, you remember this, when I was growing up, the liturgy of the word was the part of mass you could miss without missing mass. Remember? What to, when did you have to be there in order for it to count? You sometimes hear gospel, sometimes hear offertory, sometimes hear creed. It was after the liturgy of the word. Uh, actually, I think it was, uh, technically, it was the offertory. Um, now, that's, we're coming back from a long ways on, and we're getting much better. And we, now, we Catholics have a higher theology of the word than anybody I know, than any religion I know. And, we're, and we have a good ritual that surrounds it, and now we're, we're getting much better. But this is a powerful part of the Mass. It's dynamite, but we haven't quite uh, gotten the full benefit of it yet. We're getting there, though. This is a quote from the Constitution on Scripture from the Second Vatican Council. A Constitution like that is as high as you can get. And it says, I believe it's paragraph number 24, we venerate the Scriptures just as we venerate the Eucharist. We believe that in the, when the Scriptures are proclaimed, it is the real presence now, this is our, our high theology of the word, that when the scriptures are proclaimed at liturgy, that it is God speaking. This, I'm quoting now, God is speaking. And when the gospel is read, Jesus, the risen Lord, is speaking. It's the real presence. The word of God carries with it a power like the sun. Or, our scripture also uses the image of the rain coming on parched land. Script for sure, for sure, God will speak something to you at every Eucharist. To you, tailor-made. What you need. It might be a nudge. It might be a word of consolation. It might be a flash, an insight. It might be, I don't know what it'll be. For sure, it's the real presence. God doesn't come for nothing. God doesn't have uh, no effect. We believe, now for example, well, what did Jesus use as an image for the word? He used the seed. If I were to take an M&M and plant it in the soil, nothing would happen. If I were to take a diamond and plant it in the soil, nothing would happen. But if I take a seed, Something happens. Why? Because the seed has life in it. 
The word of God, Jesus said, is like a seed. The, the problem isn't with the seed, it's the soil. Whether they, we open ourselves to receive it. So we're getting better, but we must appreciate the power of this word, and as a result of that, we listen to the word of God as we listen to nothing else. It's, it's not like anything else you do when you listen like the 6 o'clock news or like a lecture or like a teacher. What's happening in the liturgy of the word is not information. This is not a teaching. This is not remembering something that God once said. This is God speaking to me now live with a word that has a power within it because it's God's word and affects me. It affects me. It affects my whole person. You can't walk for an hour in the sun without being affected by it. And that's what's going on. So we have a way. Now, so here's how you listen. You listen, you listen as you listen to nothing else. You rich your mind of everything. And you just let it fall on you. Just let it fall on you. And sometimes you hear something that you never, ever thought of, which is often a sign it's from God. And it sometimes doesn't seem to have much to do with the exact words that were being said. But God uses those words to, uh, to affect us. Now, for, I just thought it's great. Now, so there's the, the readings. We have the first reading. Let just rinse your mind and see what hits you. And then we have the word of God sung upon us like a, like a parent with their little child singing, humming. God sings upon us, and we get to sing too. That's scripture we're singing. It's, those are the psalms. That's what Jesus grew up with. Those were the prayers and the songs that he sang. And then there's the second reading. And then there's the gospel. And then there's the homily. And just take it in. It's not a lesson. It's, it's not information. It's God touching you. It's the real presence. Well, for example, I just thought, let's see if I can remember. See, I never get to play religious music. I never do. I never did. Never played uh, at Mass or anything, because I was always, I'm always the guy doing it. And uh, so, when, so when people ask me to play a religious song, I really... You know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom should I be afraid? You're going to learn it if you don't. <laughs> Sing it with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom should I be afraid? Of whom should I be afraid? Okay, all right. Think of all the things you're afraid of. I mean, we're afraid of anthrax. We're afraid of what's going to happen to this world. Uh, you may have some things coming up this week. You may have a doctor's appointment, and you're worried about a spot. You, uh, whatever. You worry about your kids. You're, okay. Now, I want us to sing that. See, that's meant to be reflective. So I want us to sing it twice. Now, you always want to remember whom you're singing to when you sing a responsorial psalm. 
we're singing to ourselves with God in mind. We're just looking at God and singing uh, exactly that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I be afraid? So I want us to sing it. Uh, we'll just sing it twice. But sing, I want you to sing it now with feeling. I want it a little softer, but I want you all to sing. But just, I want you to just sit back kind of and sing it reflectively. Okay. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom should I be afraid? Of whom should I be afraid? One more time. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom should I be afraid? Of whom should I be afraid? And then the cantor would sing some of the scripture, the verses, and then we sing that. That's part of the scripture readings. It's the fourth scripture. And it, it can be very powerful. You think of all the fears that are in the air. And just to sing that, it's, uh, it actually is, it, you can feel the consolation and the strength coming from doing it. That's what the Word of God, that's the effect that it is meant to have on us. Just, that's just one small example of a piece of the liturgy of the Word when it's all coming this way. I might say to lectors, that not only do we listen to the word, do we listen to it differently than we listen to any other kinds of words, but you read it differently. Uh, you don't have to dramatize it. Just serve it up slowly so that I can take it in. Let me interpret it. Let me feel what it is God's saying to me. Don't, just, just serve it slowly and reflectively. You read, disregard the punctuation. Give it to me in small pieces. Let me know what's coming through your own heart, too. Read it reflectively and reverently, and just let me take it in. It's not hard to do. Uh, you don't have to be a dramatic reader. Um, that's what people kid me about uh, memorizing Gospels. I memorize the Gospels, and I don't necessarily suggest that as something everybody should do. But I do it because I, I really wouldn't be a very good reader. Uh, but also because the process of memorizing it, uh, which I do, I have to work on it. I don't have a, people say to me, do you have a photogenic memory? And I say, no, Photo I never had a picture taken of it. I don't know what, <laughs> photographic memory. No, I don't have a photographic memory, and I have to, uh, but when I do that, I, I, uh, it comes out different for me. Uh, it's, and I, I own it more, for one thing, because I learn it. I do it word for word. I mean, I work hard on it so that I do it word for word. It just sounds different because it's coming from inside me. And also, I'm doing it slowly. I'm not, it's the way Ken Utner speaks. It's natural and it's slow. So today's gospel, just to, just to see the difference, it's a very brief gospel. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I should be baptized by you, yet you are coming to me. 
Jesus said, allow it for now, for thus it is fitting that we fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, he saw the heaven opened, and the Spirit of God descending and coming upon him like a dove, and a voice from the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, that's uh, that's different. That's a different way of reading. And I says I've hastened to say I don't expect anybody to memorize it. I do it for my own sake. But it's got to come from inside. And so it's a different way of listening, different way of reading. Last thing I'll say, just a distraction. At Central Michigan, St. Mary's. Somebody mentioned St. Mary's Parish, and that's what distracted me. When I went there, oh, I'd been here couple of years and I went there for a weekend and in Saturday night the kids had a party pizza party there and they did a their their group did a parody on me to the tune of the happy wanderer <laughs> and I just remember the one verse that's the only part I remember but I, it was so funny because they said he knows the scriptures all by heart the book he doesn't need but Bishop Ken, we know the truth. The truth is you can't read. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't know how right they were. I would, never, I would never be asked to do a dramatic reading. I would never be asked to be a part of a drama. But you can do that. Okay, that's what I want to say about the Liturgy of the Word. Mm -hmm.